This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. We are going to be talking to the makers of a super hot or super cool, actually, if you uh, look at uh, where they've been doing it, new documentary that is from South Africa and just hitting Netflix. It is called My Octopus Teacher, and it is uh, about a man who befriends an octopus. Now, if that doesn't sound like a, a documentary to you, uh, you're going to find out why. And the people going to help us explain are Pippa Ehrlich and Yanis Landroff, uh, Dr. Yanis Landroff. Uh, and uh, they are the people who are responsible for the film. Pippa is a freelance filmmaker and nature journalist. And Yanis is a marine biologist. And they both work at the Sea Change Project. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being with us on Chai FM. Hi, Benji. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. So, uh, first of all, let's just, be, uh, uh, we talk a little bit about the context of the film. The, obviously, there is an octopus, which is in the title, but really the film is about this, uh, forest of kelp that is, uh, that, that is on the, the sort of Atlantic seaboard of, of Cape Town and the importance of this as a, uh, as a system of biodiversity and, and, and support for the ocean. So talk to us first about kelp forests and, and, and what they mean. So kelp forests are basically giant underwater forests that grow along actually 25% of the world's coastline. Um, and they are these incredible, very, very biodiverse habitats. Thousands and thousands of species live in kelp forests. And in many of those kelp forests species, there are certain species that live only there. Um, which means that they are high in endemism um, and they are very, very important because they provide, kelp forests provide a home for all of these animals. Often they provide nursery areas for fishes that then feed out into the greater ocean uh, and provide food for humans. They sequester carbon and create oxygen, which is obviously very, very important during this time of climate change. Um, and they also break storm surges, which is also important in climate change because as sea levels rise and storms become more extreme, having this big protective kelp forest between the coastline and the open ocean is very important. Um, and they, but they're also facing some challenges all over the world. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about the challenges to the kelp forests uh, as, as well. But one thing that struck me, uh, in the film as perhaps a Joe Berger who occasionally goes down to Cape Town for, for a swim, uh, is that, is, is that the people who are first of all making the film, but also interested in, in preserving it were swimming in this forest, uh, every day, uh, to, to capture the images and, and, and do the exploration. And it looked freezing cold. How do you do that? How do you, especially not without the protective gear and all that sort of thing. Yeah, so you see, I think normally most most people diving would um, would wear a wetsuit, um, and uh, it was more through our project, but also other people um, who adapted a bit of a different style of diving. Because when you are in this very thick forest, it might actually help to not wear a wetsuit, um, and that might, sounds pretty crazy in the beginning because the water can be up down to like ten or even eight degree. But um, when you do that very slowly and you adapt very slowly and you, you, you go into the water every day, your body starts adapting and you're getting a lot of health benefits from that. You feel closer to the environment. 
And I think one of the stories of the film or one of the main messages of the film is also to, you know, get as close to nature as possible and value and worship nature. And when you don't have a very thick rubber barrier on your skin, um, but you're actually in direct contact with that environment, then that helps to um, connect in a, in, a, in a very different way. Um, so, yeah, we're choosing this approach. And in actual fact, the, the, the whole film was made uh, not wearing a wetsuit, basically. I mean, the, the other aspect besides the wetsuit, uh, which is an, which was, seemed to be important, was uh, the fact that you weren't using any gear for, for oxygen. Now, uh, the, the, the whole, for, for people, I don't want to give away the, 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 the documentary because you do have to watch it, uh, and it's on Netflix and great, but, but basically it, it tracks this, the story of this man who, who goes out every day to visit an octopus who's living in, in one of these kelp forests. And, and, and I'm interested in the mechanics of how you actually go about filming something like that if, if, uh, if you don't have the, those sorts of wetsuits and, and, you know, do you have to do it in a few minute takes or, or, uh, did the, some people have, have, uh, the, the oxygen in order to get longer shots? How, how did that work? So our main DOP, Roger Horrocks, um, who, must I keep talking? Or it's an ad break. Yeah, go ahead. We are listening to you. Okay. So our main DOP, Roger Horrocks, um, films underwater all the time and he's got a big red camera. And you can't actually film with a red with, with, without oxygen or without a rebreather. So some of the shots were filmed by him, but most of the story and most of the interactions that you see between Craig and the octopus were self-filmed. And all of that was filmed uh, with, with no scuba gear and no wetsuits. And a lot of the stuff that I came on board later um, and all of the stuff that Craig, Craig and I filmed together were also fil- was also filmed with with no scuba gear. And I mean, what you see when you start editing a film like this is you realize that you seldom use a shot that's longer than 10 seconds. So when you can free dive and you can hold your breath for say two minutes underwater, it's actually a long time to get the shot that you want. And a lot of the time we would leave the camera on the sea floor and leave it to record while we went up to the surface for air. We're talking today to uh, Pippa Ehrlich and uh, Dr. Janis Lanschroff. Uh, they are from the Sea Change Project and responsible for a brand new documentary called My Octopus Teacher. We're going to take a short break and we'll be back just after. This is the New Blue Review with Benji Schulman. 101.9 High FM. I am Benji Schulman. This is the New Blue Review and uh, we're talking today about uh, my Octopus Teacher and uh, a documentary that was uh, uh, recently released on Netflix uh, to quite wide acclaim uh, uh, about uh, the story of uh, the kelp forest and uh, the great African sea forest and a man who uh, befriends an octopus and how it changed uh, his life. Uh, but before the break, you were starting to talk about how um, how the, the movie got made in the first place at a technical level, uh, but but how exactly did this idea of of actually filming an octopus for for effectively the entirety of its uh, life actually come about? It wasn't an idea. Uh, so the story is about Craig Foster, who about ten years ago had a sort of crisis of purpose, 
Um, he'd been making films for a long time and he'd worked very, very hard uh, and made too many films in too short a space of time and he was just completely burnt out. Um, and he said he never wanted to touch a camera or sit in an edit suite ever again. And he moved to Simonstown um, and he just started swimming every single day in the Atlantic just to get his energy back ready because he was exhausted. And after about a year of that, he started looking around and noticing that that kelp forest was full of animals of every shape and description, and he became fascinated by them. Um, and one day he kind of met this little octopus, and there was just something about her that was very, very special. And she lived in a place that he could visit every day, and over time uh, he, he won her trust. Um, and then she started showing him all these things that he never dreamed he would see. But it, and, and he kind of followed her during that time. Uh, and it was just one of the, the, the things that he was working on. But this was a particularly powerful experience that he had. And kind of it was only maybe six months after she died that he realized that this is the story that he wanted to tell and the film that he wanted to make. So I only came on board uh, and created this form retrospectively. So how long did it put, take to put together overall? I mean, how long was the experience, so to speak, of, of, of the engagement with the octopus and then the, the subsequent making of the film? Well, the experience of the engagement with the octopus was about a year. Um, bear in mind, Craig's been filming for almost 10 years now in the kelp forest every day. And that's what we do at Sea Change. Every single day we go into the kelp forest with cameras um, and just re record this ecosystem as best we can because there are so many fascinating creatures and stories down there. But the filming of the octopus happened over around a year and the edits took a very, very long time. Um, you know, when you, when you start making a film, you're not sure what your core narrative is going to be. We knew it would be about the octopus, but we had a whole lot of other stories that, that we thought might make it in as well. It took us three months just to go through all of the footage that we had and figure out, you know, where our story was going to be. And, and the more we got into the octopus' story, the more we realized that we just had something very, very special there. So, and then it was about... The filmmaking process was at least three years in terms of editing, post, working with Netflix. I want to talk about that as well, but let's just talk about the, the, the kelp forest, the great African sea forest, as you, as you guys call it. You know, Cape Town and the Western Cape in particular is known for remarkable ecosystems, the Feinbos, uh, uh, you know, the mountain, uh, and and perhaps people don't aren't aware uh, so much about the, 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 the kelp forest, the great African sea forest, as you call it. Uh, so, so what is the idea, uh, behind what you guys are trying to do with this recording project? What are you trying to, uh, to, to change or conserve or what, what is the idea behind the sea change project? Um, I think there are many levels to this, but as a core message or as one of our core, core ideas, um, is to basically tell stories about a very special ecosystem and make people aware of how interesting, how special and, and how incredible this place actually is. And um, uh, we called it the Great African Sea Forest in actual fact. We, we came up with this idea of calling it that just so that people might be able to change their 
perspective around this ecosystem. Because I think in South Africa, many people who, for example, go to the beach think like, oh, there's this weird algae on the beach. I can't lie here. And that kind of, you know, have, have, a, have a very, don't have a, don't, don't value kelp and the uh, underwater forest for its magnificence and its beauty that it actually really is. Um, you just mentioned that there is like the Cape Flora Kingdom and the Fainbos. Um, and people, I think, are not as aware and as they're not proud enough of um, this incredible ecosystem that is actually underwater simply because you can't really see it. And I think our mandate and our job is to reveal that on a daily basis by going, yeah, by going in on a daily basis and then producing films and showing that to a wider audience and to a public and basically just promote this ecosystem for its natural beauty. Are you hoping that as a result of the film and as a, as a result of the work that you're doing, that more people will start diving in the kelp forest um, or, or, or in some way studying it uh, like you've been doing? Um, yeah, that is certainly um, already happening, um, and that's just great. It's the real community that is forming there, and um, yeah, people also, you know, there's still there's also a lot of um, yeah, there's a big culture also of of fishing and 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 spear fishing as well, which is kind of controversial in some play in some ways. Maybe um, we're obviously going in and taking pictures, um, you know. But people also love that and need to do that as well. But um, we are also an increasing amount of, of people on this planet and we need to look after our resources as well. So, um, yeah, we need to be, we need to look after our places. And um, I think the more people go in and see the ecosystem for its beauty and for what it is, the, the better it is. Yeah, and it's, it's got enormous value for people, not just because it's beautiful. Um but because it's it's providing us with oxygen, um, it's providing us with jobs through tourism, and, and and the more people know about the Great African Sea Forest, the more people will come and visit it. So, and, and how many other kelp forests are there in the world? Uh, I mean, we're not the only one with them. Do you find them basically wherever it's you have cold water, or, or is it more specific than that? Yeah. Um, so I'm a scientist, and I could give you a very complicated answer now, but I'm trying to keep it simple. <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, kelp forests are basically these giant, these giant underwater plants, and they occur in certain areas in the world. Um, but there are all sorts of different species and different types, and the the types that grow in South Africa are actually quite unique and special in some ways, um, because they grow very tall. They grow to the surface. And yes, they occur in other places in the world. Pippa mentioned earlier that about 25% of our world coastlines, actually, there are kelp forests that occur there. But it doesn't mean that all of those areas are actually have that extensive kelp forest and that thick kelp forest as we have in South Africa. There are other areas in the world, for example, in um, basically everywhere in, in cold water, cold temperate waters. But our kelp forest is actually quite special and it's a, it's a relatively large and very, very unique place. Yeah. And, and in other places like Tasmania, for example, the kelp forest has almost completely disappeared in the last 10 years. Um, kelp and forest. That's as a result of climate change or, or, or human intervention in the more specific That's climate change. Uh, what, what happened was a, a warm current drifted close to the, the, the coastline and with that warm current came 
um, a species of urchin that is just a voracious kelp eater. And those urchins basically just devoured the entire forest. Wow. Now, you, you haven't only focused on Phil. Uh, part of what you do is also uh, books and taking pictures in terms of exhibitions. So, so talk to us about that element of, uh, of, of this. What do you, how do you engage with people on, on, on that side of things? <laughs> So that's actually a great question. A couple of years ago, we, we published our first uh, big book, which was called Sea Change, Primal Joy and the Art of Underwater Tracking. Um, and that's, that's available at, at all major bookstores, including exclusive books. And it's, it, it was very, very well received. Um, and it actually, actually covers the story of the octopus as well, and as well as the story of, of one of our other team members, Ross. Um, and then we did an exhibition in, in Seapoint. That was our first big project many years ago, and it was an outdoor exhibit along the promenade. And that was the first time that some of these incredible animals were kind of revealed to the public in a big way. Um, and for the last few years, we've been very focused on the film. But, um, yeah, I think we were going to go back into an exhibition space quite soon. Chatting about the great African uh, sea forest today, 101.95. Have you heard any questions uh, about uh, the, the animals that live there or the ecosystem or the, the making of the film about the octopus? You can uh, SMS us on 34519 uh, or you can telegram us on 0618951019. We'd be uh, really, really happy to take uh, any of your questions. Uh, but tell us a little bit about the Netflix a aspect of this, because, uh, you know, documentary film is a big deal in South Africa. We we do make very good uh, documentary films, uh, and particularly, I guess, wildlife films. But I don't know how many of them have ever been shown on Netflix. Often they get made and, and maybe put on on uh, on the film circuit. So what what was the idea behind driving it along that channel? I mean, that's it, it wasn't. <laughs> You know, when you make a film, it's such an enormous challenge. Uh, for the first two years, we had no funding for this project. Sea uh, Change managed to find a little bit of money to kind of just keep us limping along. But um, we didn't know if we'd ever be able to finish this film, let alone sell it. Um, and we were very lucky that we had a distribution partner based in the Netherlands called Off the Fence. Um, and they just happened to know someone at Netflix and send her the right words on the right day. And she was on a flight back from Hawaii and, and pushed play while she was on the plane. And her little boy, who was eight years old, was like trying to climb onto her lap and see what she was looking at. And she, she, she noticed that, uh, she had a film here that was, would appeal to everyone of every age. And I think that's how we got onto Netflix. Um, you know, you, there, there are all sorts of ways that you can, create a film and market a film, but, but we had a story that we really wanted to tell about people and our relationship with nature and expanding our understanding of the natural world. Um, and we wanted that story to reach as many people as possible. And what was it like working with Netflix? I mean, do, do they have special requirements for the film? Or is, is there like, is it different from, from, from making a film in, 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 in a different distribution channel? So uh, this is my first film. I've made some short films, but this is my first big project. So it's, what, what I can say about Netflix is they creatively, they were incredible. They gave us a huge amount of freedom. 
um, they put us in contact with some incredible filmmakers all over the world. And this is a huge team effort. Um, and that's very important to say. And our South African team included, you know, Craig and I and Roger and, and Yanis is our scientific advisor. We had a scientific advisor who flew out from Canada who's an octopus specialist. Uh, we had Professor Charles Griffiths, who's the grand master of kelp forest ecology in Cape Town. Um, and then the rest of our sea change team. And then we had an incredible executive producer, Ellen Windermith, who's based in the Netherlands. I worked with another director called James Reed, who's very, very experienced, um, based in the UK. And then Netflix brought on Jinx Godfrey, who was, she's in a, her films have won Academy Awards. She's an incredible editor. Um, and that was amazing because she really guided me through the process of, of, of getting the story right kind of in the, in the more final stages. Um, and then at Netflix, we worked with an incredible executive producer as well. What I will say is that the pressure of delivering a project to someone like, like Netflix, when you haven't done it before, can, can be quite overwhelming. Their standards are extremely high. Um, their technical demands are enormous. Um, and we can be very proud that we've got a post-production house in Cape Town called The Refinery, who are completely world-class. And we thought we were going to have such a difficult time with getting all of the, getting the sound and the color and all the technical aspects right. But we just sailed straight through. And that's largely due to the fact that we actually have a very, very good film industry in South Africa that we should be proud of. And what has the reaction to the film been so far? Um, so, yeah, it's actually quite difficult to even put into words, um, especially, um, I don't know how many of, uh, of the listeners have, have, have watched it yet, but there's also so much, um, I mean, of course, it's, it's Craig's story, but there's so much personal soul and heart and, and experience of all of us in there. And um, what is also um, absolutely fascinating is that all of that in some way, I think, can, can, be, can be felt in the film. And it kind of, when you watch it, you, you, it comes true, even if you um, relate to that story, all of those subtle, all those subtle things, they all come through. And, and the, the responses of people are just, are actually unbelievable. I mean, we're, we're basically, we don't know how to deal with it. Um, we, we cannot reply to, the, and, and all those messages are personal messages and we, we just, we just, we just completely swamped. We, 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 in the beginning, we started, we, we were still replying to everything, but it's just impossible to do this now. We're getting an email or or a message every three seconds on average. Uh, we're getting emails from Peru, from Argentina, from the UK, from America, from India. Uh, Everywhere, yeah. basically. We, we can't believe what's going on. That's uh, absolutely amazing. If people want to... Uh, watch the documentary. Obviously, they can just go onto Netflix, uh, and it's there, and, the, and Netflix is advertising it quite heavily because I'm assuming people are loving watching it, and that makes complete sense because it's a, a really touching story. But, but if people want to get the book, they want to have a look at the other work that you're doing, uh, all, all that sort of thing, where, where can they go and uh, and have a look at that? You, you can visit our website, which is www.seachangeproject.com, and from there you can find access to all of our projects, our book. Uh, we have a website page donated, I mean, dedicated to the film. Uh, we have a donate button if anyone wants to support our work, which would be amazing. 
Um, yeah, so that's the place, www.cchangeproject.com. There you go, uh, Sea Change Project, uh, and uh, and definitely just go onto Netflix and, and have a look at the documentary. It's absolutely uh, outstanding and uh, world class, and just makes you proud to be South African that we have uh, such amazing uh, people and such amazing natural beauty that that's literally on our outdoor step there uh, in Simonstown. Pippa Ehrlich and uh, Dr. Yanis Lachov uh, from the Sea Change Project. Thank you so much for joining us on the New Blue Review and uh, good luck uh, for this film and uh, hopefully we'll get to see some others coming out of your work in the great uh, African uh, kelp forest. Thanks so much. Thank Andy. you so much. Have a great day. Have a great day, guys. There we go.